0: Um, Just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now on with monkey tennis.
1: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role
0: Just a quick message before we start this week's episode, which features special guest Stephen Mangan and was recorded at King's Place in London as part of the London Podcast Festival. It also served as the final night of our Mid-Evening Matters tour. Just a quick message to say, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and if you're feeling generous, please do leave us a review. It really does make a difference. So, without
1: further ado, on with the pod.
2: Monkey tennis? Yappa but, too. Sorry. Sorry, didn't miss out that? Monkey tennis? This is mid-more mat. Let's do slap hands, idiotic broth. Monkey tennis? Please, please, though. Pop, 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 pop. Monkey tennis. You need to press transfer. Uh, I like it. It's a clean kill. Monkey tennis. Well, that that will that will 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 do that definitely. Yeah. Okay. Does Mummy know you do this? The time is ten and a half o'clock. What a Dilbert. Monkey tennis. And I know it won't smash Lynn, Just wrap it in bubble wrap.
0: So, hello and welcome to a very special episode of Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge Fan Podcast. Um, it's almost time to introduce our special guest, but first, it occurs to us that there are a lot of free spirits in the room, no, change that to bad attitudes, <laughs> who won't be able to stop themselves shouting a certain word, a certain man's name, <laughs> and so we wanted to allow you to get it out of your system before he comes out. So uh, effectively, when I say go, you have 10 seconds to shout down as much as you'd like, uh, so that you don't feel the need later on. Get it it's, out of your system. It's a damn amnesty, or a damnesty, if you will. Uh, think of it like the film, the Purge, but instead of 24 hours, it's 10 seconds, and instead of all crimes including murder, it's saying a word. Dan, your damnnesty begins now. Uh, There we go. If you have a question for tonight's guest, we will do our best to throw to the audience at the end, if time allows. Uh, Our very special guest tonight has starred in Green Wing episodes, The Split. Dirk Gently was the voice of Postman Pat, uh, and most recently has starred, exec produced and co-written hang-ups for Channel 4. And of course, he was the proprietor of Kitchen Planet, and (laughs) organiser of Norfolk's least successful sex festival. Dan Moody on I'm Alan Partridge. Please give it up for Stephen Mangan. Hello. Hello sir.
3: Hey. There's a chocolate
0: orange for you there, Stephen, you can enjoy that.
4: Oh, yeah hi hello hi and welcome. that was the weirdest 10 seconds of my life
0: <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's, that's basically been perhaps
4: your last 20 years condensed into a very short period of time oh my god first of all can i just go back to that last episode of mid-morning matters mm. you oh god, we a... got something wrong no no you <laughs> said it was a, fri- is it a friday was it the, was it the day it was uh, oh, someone said oh oh the was so it, was so it was a, it was a, a friday and his doctor's appointment is at three o'clock yep well traditionally Jesus died on the cross at 3 o'clock oh on a Friday. God, wow. Wow. Yeah. And this is why we got yeah. Stephen Mangan in. Have some of that. Hey. Thank you and good
0: night. Nice. Uh, you yeah. anything else? Uh, so, so tell us something about the frequency of Dan's shouted at you. Has it waned in recent years? Do you suffer from repeats? What happens? Uh,
4: yeah, I mean, it has. I couldn't, I, I would be lying if I said I get it as much now as I used to. Uh, The the shouting (laughs) of Dan... Yeah, start your own joke. Oh, God. Let the cat out of the bag. Straight out of the bag. Uh, Yeah, I I mean, several times I would go and buy things in shops and the person at the till would start shouting Dan at me. That's Uh, quite
3: rude. It's quite rude. Also, the joke is
4: that I don't hear him and it goes on for a long time, so you have to stand there with a guy in our price. (laughs) shouts, Dan! Dan! And you're literally two feet away from me. Uh, can I just pay for my CD? So, yeah, no, I mean, I do get it, I have to say, at least, probably five or six times a week, I would think, still. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a
0: yeah.
3: lot of sympathy yeah. in the room. E- there equally.
4: are worse things that you can be shouted at.
0: Yeah. E- equally cursed and blessed. Um, obviously, we're asking you to cast your mind back quite a long time now, but... Uh, what All was right. LAUGHTER <laughs> Uh, uh, how, did, uh, how did the part of Dan Moody come about originally? Did you know, did you know the team behind Partridge? Was it an audition? Well, I can't
4: know? see. I can't remember the sequence because I worked with Armando Iannucci on the Armando Iannucci on show, show interest, yeah. which I think was before Partridge, yeah. or was it after? According, I don't know.
0: According to IMDb, it was before. Right. right,
4: then that makes sense. So I knew Armando. I went for an audition. I was asked to go for an audition. Obviously knew all about Alan Partridge when I was at drama school. We watched uh, the day-to-day on a loop, because that was coming out about the time I was on the drama school. So we would watch, is this cool? Is this cool? <laughs> yeah. Is this cool? All those sketches endlessly. So I was a fan of Partridge. I was very uh, nervous. I went in. Uh, Steve Coogan and I were wearing exactly the same outfit. <laughs> uh, we had jeans and black shirts on. He, uh, I knew him a bit, so I said hello to him. Uh, our parents are from the same part of Ireland. We're both called Steve.
5: <laughs> uh, we were wearing the
4: same, same outfit. And I was saying all this to him. I'm, <laughs> I basically <went> said <laughs> Steve. And I was wearing this. He said, save it, save it for the audition, save it. Uh, and I don't remember what happened in the audition, but obviously it went well. I think we had to improvise. Uh, and I got the part. So uh, there I was.
0: Lovely. Um, and uh, what, what was the experience like shooting it?
4: Well, the well, rehearsal period was more memorable in some ways because I had been double booked by my agent. And I was appearing in a play at the Royal Court at the time, and we were rehearsing in Clapham. And we were, as you, I, mean, I'm, I don't need to tell you you, you, you improvise all week on Partridge. You sit around with Peter Bayham and Armando and Steve and everyone else in the cast, and you go through all the scenes, and you improvise, and all the good stuff is, it stays in, and all the bad stuff gets chucked out. But I was supposed to be rehearsing in Clapham, and they were doing this up on uh, Tottenham Court Road. We were doing this. So I had a moped at the time, and I was literally herring from one venue to the other, pleading with the director of the play to let me have more time, which he wouldn't do. Uh, so I missed some of the rehearsal period. So for example, I got there one day, and someone said, yeah, we did an re- improvisation this morning. Uh, and Alan says, I've got your kids, Dan. I've got your kids. So I wasn't part of that scene at all, that <laughs> improv. Uh, other scenes I was heavily involved in. Rehearsing, and I'm very proud of a couple of the you know jokes that I came up in. Um,
0: Uh, What wouldn't we have had without you then? What? what, what,
4: Well, you remember the bit. Okay, the the main reason I came tonight was to write a terrible wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Because I remember watching the DVD extras of this. And someone, I'm not going to say who, Felicity Montague, <laughs> <laughs> claiming that she came up with Sex Festival.
3: Oh.
5: That's my line.
4: That Ooh. is my line. I'm very proud of that. But I think it was one of those things that happens to everyone, where you say it, and no one really hears it, because it sort of gets lost in the room. And then the person next to you says the hears you, says the same thing louder, and everyone laughs. <laughs> and you're there going, that was my joke. <laughs> um, so that, that and uh, oh, a few other things, Sedan of Moody Shire and stuff like that. Mm. But you know. Um, and then we were gonna uh, film it that Friday night, but Steve got ill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the benefits of podcast well, listeners. I don't know, I mean, if we should, but yeah, because there, may be, there was a big insurance claim about it. <laughs> <laughs> In really? a hotel yeah. room with <laughs> some friends. <laughs> and um, we had to cancel that night, which yeah. was a godsend to me because uh, you know I missed half the rehearsals. So in fact, that episode was then shot several weeks later, and we had another go at rehearsing. So, in, so it was the only episode I think in all of the, you know, the, of, the, of those two series that got two bites of the cherry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then filming it on the night was a really weird experience because it was filmed in front of a live audience, and I've never done that before, and i never, I'd never done it since. I
0: believe I was in that audience. Actually. Were you? There oh, we go. Hands wow. across the past. Oh, there you go.
4: <laughs> and I just remember really being confused because normally when you film comedy on television there's nobody there and you hope it's funny but you're not there when people watch it nine months later in their living rooms and they laugh or they don't laugh you go on your own instinct but of course in filming in front of an audience they are there and you can hear them laugh and some of the sets as you know like the garage set is round the back so we can't see the audience but you can hear them laugh and it was really disconcerting and I wasn't really experienced at that time and I I found it you know, very confusing, mm. and that I think that scene we did—the links, Java, voodoo—got yeah. it coming out of my taps, all that stuff—was um, in my memory the first scene we did, and I was shitting myself. <laughs> uh, Your
6: face indicates that a little. Bit, I think. <laughs> yeah.
4: um, so, uh, and of course, Steve then was far too young to play Partridge, so had to have all layer this layer-up prosthetic stuff put on his face. And he looked quite odd close up, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, but yeah.
0: Um, and so what sort, of, uh, what sort of character direction was there initially? Like, What were you told about Dan, uh, can you remember, before you went into rehearsal? I
4: don't remember a lot. I just remember that it was somebody that, it was like Alan, the Alan, Alan wanted to be. Uh, <laughs> he sort of could carry it off in a way. He had a confidence and a cockiness um, that Alan aspired to um and obviously they had all the same interests and so that was already set in stone i think the rest of it we just worked on as it went along i mean i think they already knew that it was going to be an invitation to a, a you know um actually i don't know if the the, the kitchen worktop was always the destination <laughs>
5: uh,
4: <laughs> um but i mean the way they work is is so interesting because you don't know how much is you know pre-thought of how much you know they're waiting for you to come up with in the room and obviously some stuff has to be filmed in advance the, the car park scene for example mm-hmm. uh and you know as i'm sure you're aware that was not scripted in that way at all he wasn't he wasn't supposed to go on and on shouting dan mm-hmm. that's something he just did on the day and i'm sure again something i'm sure you all know is that if you look at Felicity and, um, Amelia in the background, they turn away laughing halfway through. Yeah. Because yeah. They, yeah. Uh...
0: Which I've heard them claim was, uh, was not corpsing. <laughs> oh, it's we, corpsing.
4: We, it. ah, <laughs> yes. we, we it's... did call cool bullshit on that. Didn't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In so, fact, the other ideas. day, um, for a friend who was giving, uh, she was giving the best woman speech at a wedding. She asked, would I recreate the <laughs> car park scene? <laughs> so we went to the Regents Park Zoo <laughs> car park. <laughs> And I had to stand there while she shouted Dan at me. Well, <laughs> I, I just walked bit distance. Korean tourists got off a very large bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, one theory
0: we'd had as well, which you may you may be able to prove or disprove is we were trying to work out whether uh, whether Dan knew about Alan beforehand and has gone to the petrol station to target him or whether that was a chance encounter.
4: No, I don't think uh, I don't think he did. I think for in my in my mind, the, the fact they both drive Lexi, um, and uh, I drove one of those for a while actually. That made everything much worse. Um, <laughs> yeah, traffic lights on hot days with the sun, you know, with the window oh, wow. down, and a cyclist pulls up and starts shouting down at you through the window. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, I think the fact they both drive, you know, I think he, he's, he's, he's as delighted as Dan, as, uh, as, as Alan, that there's a connection there. And I think he sees, he sees a route to sex.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Though. We're onto yours. Uh,
3: yeah, oh. we're just going to kind of spread the interview further down the table. Away sure. from you, so nobody feels left out. Okay. So, um, yeah. I mean, are there any scenes or ideas from the episode that didn't make it to screen? Like any cut scenes that we didn't see in the episode or didn't make it to outtakes on the DVDs or anything
4: like that? That's a really good question. I'm not sure I can remember. Um, I, I there don't, might
3: be some stuff on a cutting room floor. Oh, so there would definitely yeah. have
4: been. I mean, there would definitely have been, you know, because you'd meet every day, you'd sit in this abandoned, it was abandoned office uh, in Tottenham Court Road, just where the BF, next to where the BFI now is on Stephen Street. Yep. And we were up in that, you know, huge floor with no one else on it. And we would sit there all, you know, uh, and and just make stuff up, some of which was then thought, will be in it. And then on the day it was cut. And um, all I remember is that face, that grin I give him at the end, was Amazing. they liked that from the beginning.
3: Yeah,
4: a particular favourite moment of um, And, um, yeah, and single-hand Sue scene, the buffet scene <laughs> there. Um, yeah. Uh, and actually, my wife uh, was doing the <laughs> shipping forecast. You know that? That was uh, one of her jobs the oh, woman right. who played my wife yeah she um she she used to dash off in the middle of the night from her home to the bbc to get there for five to twelve and read the shipping forecast yeah there you go wow. <laughs> but i uh, know uh, cut scenes i can't uh, i do look like i've got wood in that one actually
3: <laughs> <don't you>? <laughs> <laughs> not knob or knee Are we playing that again yeah, yeah, yeah um yeah so we were also discussing with, with, obviously, the shouting of Dan, is this possibly the first time that a catchphrase aimed at an actor has never actually been said by the actor?
4: Can yeah, think quite of any possibly. Other obviously, because, yeah. uh, yes, it's not something that um, I ever said. And yeah. um, I, yeah, I found myself at festivals with the entire, you know, several thousand large <laughs> audience all shouting all it Dan. Takes is one person to all it takes is one, is one person. Yeah. And for me to be raised and well lit uh, <laughs> and a lot of pointing. Uh, through student unions everywhere, you know, yeah. But yeah, you're right, I think I can't think of another one we, where... We couldn't
3: come up with anything. I no. don't know a- if anyone else... Alan
0: finally did get a world first in that case. He, yeah. he finally <laughs> did, a
3: broadcast first. Um, okay, here's, here's a large question then. Um, would you ever consider reprising the Dan role if it was offered? Because we were thinking we could maybe imagine him popping up in a Mid-Morning Matters or something like that, maybe. Wow, yeah,
4: well, it was left so badly. I mean, he <laughs> didn't, <laughs> didn't go that well at the end, did it? Um, <laughs> And there
3: could have been a sex festival off-camera that we never saw. Again. Yes, that's
4: true. <laughs> uh, yes, um, okay. I mean yes. I, of course, I'd love to work with him. You know, it's, I'm a genuine fan, and it's very exciting as an actor to get to be asked in the things you love. Yeah. Um, you can't believe your luck. So, if uh, if I had to, the other thing is my um, uh, my cousin in Ireland is just. <laughs> I just opened a kitchen-fitting uh, <laughs> no. business, yes. It's Alexis <laughs> and now this. It's called the Kitchen Port, which I think Twice is... nice enough? Well, you know, so he... I think that my more likely than appearing <laughs> with Alan Partridge is appearing in some shady advertising <laughs> for my cousin's uh, kitchen outfit, yeah. Wow, good to know.
3: Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... So you say you were, you were a fan of um, kind of the Alan output before you'd been in the show. Have you kind of kept up to date with all of Alan's more recent output and are, are you a fan of that?
4: Uh, I haven't. Uh, I haven't watched them all, but, you know, I watch them if they're on. I think, I mean, I, I personally feel the audiobook that was done, yeah. his performance and the writing on that, mm. I think is one of the greatest comic you know, performances and, and uh, along with the writing uh, ever yeah. of anything. Yeah.
3: I, I think we'd all agree, yeah. it's yeah. amazing. Read, it's, it's much better to listen to an it audio. It's
4: amazing. To to it. And it's, you know, so much of it and the quality is so brilliant. Yeah. I mean, as you say, I've I've uh, just been involved in a series that we've written on on the moment on Channel four. You know, we've got the we had the Gibbons brothers in to help write a little, you know, oh, right. just a bit of extra material. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan, but um, but I, I, I cannot match the knowledge. That you gentlemen. <laughs> show. Well, it's
6: amazing maybe what you can find on Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's a good thing, arguably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Nick, over to you, I think. Um, yeah, How you talked about um,
0: improvising. How do you find working in a kind of an improvisation environment versus where you have a script and everything's kind of laid out? How do you find those two different styles? And oh, do you I,
4: I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of it. I mean, I, and that's why Hang Ups was done in that way. I think often you meet actors, you might meet them, you know, when they're having breakfast in the morning when you get to set or, you know, the makeup. Uh, room or whatever, who are funny and interesting, and there's something really unique about them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with comedy, um, the script has been worked on to death. You are um, all sent the script ahead of time. You've read the scene dozens of times. You've practiced your lines. You get together, and it kills that spark that is so often important. The first time, it's like when you tell a joke for the first time in the pub, and everyone laughs, and then later you say, and I said this, it's never as funny again, Mm. because there's something about the honest moment you say it, and the instant reaction that's just beautiful. So I'm a huge fan of it, and it's very rare for it to be used on screen. I mean, Partridge, they used improvisation to help write the scripts, which were then definitely scripts. Greenwing, we did the same thing. And it's great to have an input, but it's very hard to use it on screen because often the format just doesn't allow it. You know, we're sitting on the couch there, we're improvising, and then we get up and move. And you want to get rid of all that stuff in the middle. It's very hard to edit it out. Uh, so Probably it why
3: we spot a lot of, a lot of uh, continuity errors in box, <laughs> Yeah, right? of course. Yeah.
4: Of course. But I think it's great when you can get an actor or, you know... Uh, um, to to bring the thing about them that's so unique and interesting. And I think that's what improvisation allows it to do. I did a film called Festival, uh, which is set at the Edinburgh Festival, starring Raquel Cassidy as well as my assistant. And I sort of play a Steve Coogan. I mean, it was written, the whole thing was written by his former assistant. Um, So... I mean, I'll never admit that if he asks me. And he has asked me, and I didn't admit it was him. It...
3: You know this is being recorded, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 he won't
4: listen to him. I'm sure he won't listen to this. <laughs> it's not you, Steve. Yeah. Um, everything is about you. Um, but it's him. Um, I don't know where I'm going with yeah. that now. Well, but, yeah, it... just imp- I mean, I think just, it's glorious. when you get act- I mean, There are some brilliant actors who, who are amazing actors who just can't improvise at all. But if you've, you know, work with people and you, and you know the people who like it, uh, it's also more fun. Because you turn up on the day, and you don't know what's going to happen. It's terrifying because you know you're in a comedy and there are no jokes yet. Uh, but, uh, and you know there are supposed to be jokes at some point And you know they're going to have to come today. And you're going to have to help pro- provide them. But it's just joyful because it's, people are so talented. There are some really talented people out there. And they can come up with stuff that you would never have written in a million years. Uh, and I think if you can harness that, which Armando has done for years yeah. brilliantly, uh, it's, it's priceless.
0: Um, you've spoken about uh, Hang Ups, which is obviously kind of your most recent output. I wonder if you could talk about kind of the, the history of that, how that project kind of came to be, and, and just kind of tell us about that.
4: Yeah, Hang Ups, uh, uh, I have a production company with my wife, and we were offered uh, by Fremantle Media, who we uh, at the time had a distribution deal with. They said, Would you like to remake Web Therapy, the Lisa Kudrow Showtime? show and I said no we wouldn't we wouldn't mm-hmm. want to do that because I never understand why stuff is remade in other countries I've just spent five years in episodes <laughs> which is all about how if you make something yeah. in another yeah. country it could be an absolute disaster yeah. so um, I, I, but then I, I, the more I thought about it, the more I watched it I realised it actually did provide a format for improvisation mm. that's really rare because it's Skype calls, FaceTime calls you can edit it uh, very simply, it's really the editing techniques of a panel show. Any of you who have been to recordings of panel shows, you know they can be two and a half hours long. On screen, if it's a commercial station, they might be 23 or 24 minutes long. So a huge amount of stuff is thrown out. So the format of FaceTime calls, Skype calls, allows you to improvise. I mean, there's a scene we did with Sarah Hadland in Hang Ups. The first take was 34 minutes long. The scene in the show is 90 seconds. Um, <laughs> We partly let her go on that long because she was being so funny. We just didn't <laughs> want to stop her. So I, I thought it was actually... It was the, 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 the idea is good of a web therapy um, therapist, but the, it was the mechanics of how you shoot that that really appealed to me because I thought we could actually start again because Lisa had already done such a brilliant show. I didn't want to do an imitation of it. That's there. She was such a well-loved and good show. Um, I could almost come up with something entirely...
0: And in terms of the cast list, you've got an incredibly impressive cast. Did you get everyone you wanted? Did you just have this incredible list of people and everyone just said yes or? Yeah, we had one
4: one person we wanted who who couldn't, or didn't, uh, didn't want to do it. I think they were scared about improvising, but everyone else we asked did it. And um, it was just, you know, an excuse for me to ask all the people I think are amazing about it. Not all of them, because there is, plenty more out there for more series mm. but they're all the people that I really wanted to work with who I knew could do that sort of thing really well uh, and they all wanted different levels of support some people wanted stuff written and wanted a huge amount of help other people Kevin Eldon said can I just make up my own character and come along we went yeah alright Kevin Eldon you're fine <laughs> um, uh, I wanted to work with Richard E. Grant I thought he would be brilliant as a therapist because i think i could see that was where Withnail might have ended up if he <laughs> clean, cleaned himself up one day um and we also had to you know cut lose several brilliant performances we just didn't have time for them the way the show worked out in the end um Partly, I think, because uh, the channel was slightly nervous that there wouldn't be enough funny stuff. We ended up probably with more plot than we were hoping to. So in a way, we were servicing some of that sometimes. Um, uh, but that's, you know, it's, a, the, 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 it's it's a really unusual way of working. I don't think many people have made shows in that way. So you're learn, everyone's learning the whole time. And we have certainly... Uh, but, yeah, we had to lose several BAFTA winners who <laughs> never made it to the final. You know, some awkward vocals that had to be made to friends of mine and to very fine actors. So, um, but, yeah, it was an absolute treat all the way along. And hats off to Channel 4 for taking that leap, because it's, you know, you're going along and saying, we're going to make a, a whole series. There are no jokes written yet, but trust us, we will come up with some along the way.
0: Uh, and would, you've, you've mentioned kind of um, uh, episodes in
4: working with Matt LeBlanc, who's obviously been in
0: Top Gear. Would you host Top Gear?
4: I wouldn't host it because I don't know anything about cars. Okay. <laughs> I know, no, I'm rubbish at cars, but I went on it recently. I don't think it's been aired yet. Oh,
5: right. And driving. I had to put
4: up with a lot of macho bullshit from Matt <laughs> about how I was never going to be his time and running over before I was driving off trying to grab my willy and stuff. For my goodness sake. Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, it was an absolute joy. It was all the fun you could imagine that is to get in a car. And they're quite a fast car this year. Oh, my God. I just—I would still be out there now trying to beat my lap. I was that into it. Uh, but no, I wouldn't host it. Uh,
6: there's there's a real sort of rhythm and quite often a, a frantic pace to, to hang-ups. Um, how intentional is that? Is that what you set out the show to be like?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we wanted to show... The show is partly about therapy. It's partly about families. It's partly about technology. It's about how we all live now through technology. We communicate through technology. We speak on Skype and FaceTime, and we email, we text, we WhatsApp, we Instagram, we snap, all the rest of it. And therapy, of course, is is supposed to be this moment you take out of your life, where you step aside and you contemplate in a measured way where you are. And we wanted to set that against the way we live now, which is so frantic. So the show is deliberately shot through all those devices, phones, laptops, security cameras, helmet cams on bikes, all that stuff. When the, those devices are shut in the show, so for example, in the first episode, Catherine Parkinson, who plays my wife, comes into my, our bedroom and shuts my laptop. That then is an opportunity for the characters to have a bit of real intimacy. So we almost have sex. In quite a <laughs> perfunctory way, but still. Um, and then her phone goes. She picks it up, and we're off again into the madness. So absolutely, it was always part of the. The, the therapy sessions were not. It's not like in treatment. It's not like a, a, you know, a realistic show about therapy would be, which is fifty minutes of people sitting around not saying a lot most of the time, because we felt that wouldn't really work <laughs> in a twenty-three minute comedy.
5: Um,
4: so yes, it was deliberately, and also. Um, partly to get through all the storylines, to get through all the characters, to get, to get, uh, and you know, also the other thing we were worried about was it's very static. There's two cameras just, and you've got a choice between the shot of one person, the shot of the other person, or both on screen at the same time. All those tricks that all TV shows use, of wide shots, close in, you know, tracking shots, to give it some variety, to keep you interested, to, you know, a camera will, as you, or show, you know, On a dramatic moment, a camera will push in if a, if a character is realising something or something is happening to them. Or it will pull out if they're feeling lonely or abandoned or empty. Uh, you know, the way the camera moves is, is, is letting the audience know how they should be feeling about a scene. We don't have that ability in our show. So we just didn't want it to become claustrophobic and boring. That there was just this shot that shot and hopefully people don't notice it so we stick in as many moving shots as we can um and we try and keep the pace up as, as fast as possible
6: um now apart from sir dansworth and moody shire what comedy role are you most proud of um
4: this this is this is absolutely up there and i think guy <laughs> secretan i think is probably the other one that i um partly because they were so early on in my career and it's so you know it's so exciting you can't believe your luck, you can't believe that you're getting to do, well, you can't believe you're getting to work with the people that you admire. Uh, I think it doesn't matter what job you do, if you've looked up to people uh, for being good at what they do, and someone like Armando and Peter we were always massive heroes of mine, and Steve. Uh, to be sitting there with an erection on a sofa uh, with them uh, is thrilling. It's really exciting. Um, and Green Wing was the same. We had a huge input into those characters. We were really encouraged to be part of that process. And we, you know, there were nine writers on Green Wing. They would all be told, "We're doing a scene about this," and all nine would write a version of that scene. We'd then get together. We'd read every single version. We'd then get up and we'd improvise it. So from those ten different things, they would then collate them into one scene. Wow. It's the most expensive comedy Channel Four <laughs> have ever made because we would film Green Wing for three weeks and then we'd have a week off where we'd get together. I mean, anyone who works in TV knows that's insane. It's insane. I mean, the series would take us nine months to film it, yeah. um, but I sometimes th- you know sometimes you get what you pay for, and yeah. I think we were lucky. We had someone like Victoria Pyle. We were lucky to get that incredible cast all, you know, Michelle Gomez, Mark Heap, there's just, uh, Carl Theobald, they're just some incredible actors in there. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those things where everything just comes together and it's, it's just great fun to make. Because some of the things that turn out really well are sometimes not great fun to make, <laughs> but Greenwing, you know, certainly was.
6: Um, was there ever dis- a discussion that you would be the singing voice of Postman Pat? <laughs>
4: You think I'm quite a sore subject here.
6: Well actually the original question on here was were you annoyed that Ronan Keating got to be the singing voice of Postman Pat?
4: Well, I read the script and I was offered the par and the script has songs in it, sung by Pat. (laughs) I think we'd all assume that if you're playing Pat, you're going to be singing the songs. So I went into my first recording and the director said to me, great news. We've got Gary Barlow to sing the songs. Oh. And obviously, my face dropped. He went, would you want to sing the songs? If you want to sing the songs, you can sing the songs. I said, you've got fucking Gary Barlow. You don't want me singing them. <laughs> Gary, for some reason, I, I doubt tax related, <laughs> had to drop out. So Ronan came in, and he does a fine job. But I think it must confuse people to this day why Pat speaks in a Northern accent and he sings in an Irish accent. <laughs> <laughs>
6: um, obviously, uh, Hang Ups is going out at the moment. Um, is there anything that you're working on at the moment that you can share with us, tell us about?
4: Um, uh, uh, at the moment, I can't really tell you. I mean, I have, I, 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 yes, I can. I'm doing a sky show about painting uh, <laughs> Tell us more. It is funny. Um, uh, it is funny because I know nothing about painting whatsoever. It's an established Sky show called Portrait Artist of the Year and Landscape Artists of the Year, hosted until this year by Joan Bakewell and Frank Skinner. Uh, it's now hosted by Joan Bakewell and Stephen Menken. Um So we've just filmed, finished filming that. We'll be doing another series of that next year. I did a, a drama for the BBC called The Split, in which I play a lawyer. Um, who disappoints his wife, and uh, apparently I disappointed a lot of the public in Britain because I get a lot of people coming up to me and saying, uh, if people haven't seen it, uh, I, I, I cheat on, my character cheats on Nicola, my wife Nicola Walker in it, uh, and a lot of people have been coming up to me and shouting at me, how can you cheat on Nicola Walker?
0: <laughs> does it make you w- wistful for the uh, glory days of Dan?
4: Well, yeah. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Because A, I didn't cheat on Nicola Walker, <laughs> uh, but anyway, we won't get into all that. So we're doing another series of that next year. Um, I am writing a couple of other things, but I can't reveal what they are yet. And I'm probably doing uh, something in the theater the second half of next year. In fact, I am, but I can't reveal that either, because they want the big uh, reveal. <laughs> what I can probably reveal is that I will be um, at the um, Uh, What's it called? The Royal Albert Hall, that's right, with the uh, Royal Philharmonic Philharmonic Orchestra. We're doing a version of Guys and Dolls in October with the weirdest, most eclectic cast ever. I'm playing the narrator, who doesn't normally appear, but I think they've cut (laughs) a lot of it out. So I have to come on every now and again and go, and now we've moved to this bit of the story. Um, But it has Adrian Lester as Sky, Jason Manford as Nathan, Meow Meow as Adelaide, uh, and uh, Laura Pulver, Laura Pulver as uh, uh, Sarah, so that's happening in October.
6: Great. Um, uh, finally from us, uh, listeners to our podcast will know that 99% of our research comes from just reading things on Wikipedia and IMDb, <laughs> so, with, so with that in mind, can you please confirm if the following fact from your IMDb <laughs> is <laughs> true? Okay. <clears throat> IMDb claims that you formed a prog rock band in the early 90s called Aragon, the band recorded one album called The Wizard's Dream with four tracks, including a 15-minute epic called The Dragon. Is this true? And if so, where can these recordings be found?
4: <laughs> it's not true. Oh. It was the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything else is true. Yeah. Exactly. I was in a band called Aragon. I, I played the keyboards. Uh, we, released, uh, we recorded an album that we've made about 12 cassettes of. Um, I had two keyboards. I had one here,
5: <laughs> oh. um,
4: and uh, yes, was a 15 minute song called The Dragon, which was, uh, it was a reflection, it was an allegory on the troubles of Northern Ireland.
3: <laughs> and, uh, Reflections
4: of the Reaper was another song,
3: yeah.
4: uh, Fool by the Fire. And I can't remember what the fourth song was. I mean,
3: I'm assuming this is all available to listen
4: to on Spotify. No, you can't. Uh, Luckily, you can't find it. And I actually uh, was clearing out some storage the other day and I found the cassette. And uh, although I was on the Alan Carr show once and he had got hold of a copy of it and he played it. And this is school kids doing prog. To the Alan Carr audience, <laughs> it didn't go down massively well, I have to say. I'm thinking
3: we could do podcast special. We could uh, put the whole album into an episode if yeah, you like. We'll do it. Stuart McConey does do a thing
4: called The Freak Show on yeah. uh, Six mm. Music and he's tried to get me on that with it. I'm not having it.
6: Not having it. <laughs> Did you listen to it?
4: Did I listen to it the other day? Yeah. I can't find a cassette player.
6: <laughs> oh, our producer Jed will have one of
0: those. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We good
4: can for, Jed, good for Jed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, so uh, that brings us to the end of our questions. I think we've got a, a little bit of time and there are some yeah. people I believe are nearby with roving mics. So if anyone has got a question, uh, we might need a little bit of house light as well if that's okay. Yeah. Uh, if anyone has a question, raise your hands. Uh, and, and just we'll wait to the mic
3: to get to you. We'll, get, we'll
0: get to you. We're wanna all wanna good. Mad? Come on, We're, this is your opportunity. To we've have have we got one the back yeah. Yeah, There we go. Uh, have you ever discovered that you were somebody uh, wild card in a relationship where they're
6: allowed to sleep with you out of wind? Sorry, sorry, for context, that's my wife asking <laughs> There is a reason for me to ask this
0: question that won't upset my husband, so. <laughs>
4: Have I ever discovered <laughs> that I'm a wild card in a relationship, like a free pass? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it was on an episode of Friends, you would think with your career you'd be familiar with Friends. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Um,
4: no. Why? Yeah.
3: Until
0: now. We, uh, we went for a drink earlier before coming to this show and bumped into
4: a friend of, of my good friend here. Uh, and it turns out that you are her wild card. So. <laughs> oh, but she's not here. Oh <laughs> Should so we, we go in there after this? Time? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is why venues like this have a secret back entrance, so <laughs> to speak. So,
4: so yes, I, I now have discovered that I'm someone's wild card. <laughs> I am f- blushing.
0: Uh, do we have any more before we wrap up tonight? No, no, That's amazing. That's the one
6: in Only Question. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, we've got one. We've got oh, there we go. I just wondered oh sorry. I just wondered, do you prefer TV um as medium rather than theatre? Oh uh
4: yeah, sex, that's my mum. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, it, if you do comedy, which I, uh, I do um, uh, mostly or a lot of, it is very nice to be in the theatre because you say things and you hear people laugh. A bit like when we filmed that. Oh my God! Look at my face. Um, <laughs> uh, I look younger now. Um, no, I don't. Uh, so it's it's really they're but they're both they're both really interesting and they're both very different. And the ideal thing is to go from one to the other because you get stuff out of. Theatre, i.e., if it doesn't work, you can go back the next day and try and get it right. Uh, you get a response off an audience, which is really exciting. It has a sense of occasion. You know, the, the light gets to the evening, and you can hear the crowd through the tannoy, and there's a you know, it's a buzz. It's, it's still definitely a buzz. Uh, but, you know, uh, you do the same thing day in, day out, and you're doing the same material, so that can, after, you know, six months, seven months, which I've done, can be dull. But TV is it, also seen, by a lot more people. Uh, someone told me the other day, you can be in a sold-out show in the West End for a year, and still more people will listen to the r- afternoon play on Radio Four than your entire year's audience. So it doesn't reach that many people. And of course, it's pretty central, you know, to where you are. But I, uh, I, 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 I do prefer, I have to say, doing theatre. But I, it's nice to do both. Okay. We've uh, probably got time for uh,
0: one more. Time for one more? yeah. Okay. Um, bit of a weird one um, if I see you in the future and uh, from a distance can I shout down at you or is that a no-go because like, I can't ask you I can't go up to you and say can I do this yeah. so in the future can I do it or would you rather I didn't and be
4: honest because I want to know you know it, de- it so depends on context and it also depends you know if I'm yeah. uh, if I'm in a pub across the road from the King's Place Theatre with somebody <laughs> that I've just met <laughs> of
0: course <laughs> I'm a rational man. I'm not going to do it in a wedding.
4: You know. Then, you know, leave me alone. No, it's, it depends how you're feeling. It's like anything else. Some days, it's very welcome. Other days, it's, you want to run over and, you know, and, and scream in their faces. If you, you look guys. buzzing, I'll go for it. What's no. that? If you're, like, buzzing... If I'm skipping good. down the road, <laughs> holding, holding some wildflowers, yeah. I would go for it. I... I, I uh, the, 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 the saddest one, not the saddest, but the weirdest ones are always, to me, when you're walking along and I, I tend now just to sort of keep my head down uh, when I'm walking anywhere uh, but you if you might catch someone nudging their mate and then they look over and then they stop and they look at you and then you hear them conferring oh yeah. and then about 12 seconds later someone half-heartedly goes damn <laughs> <laughs> and you know shall I shall I say it shall I shout you know if you're gonna do it do it I would suppose I will is, is do there, it or just like do it if, if it, as, as we now know each other yeah. Do it. I'm Nate. Nice to meet you. Hi, Nate. Hi. And I'll give you, All oh, right, Nate! Feel <laughs> free. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank um, I think you. That's,
0: that's all the time we've got. Uh, that's all we've got time for. Uh, we've made some magic happen this evening. Uh, m- firstly, a heartfelt thanks to all of you at King's Place for coming out, and everyone who's come to the mid-evening Matters Tour. tour. Uh, obviously, huge thanks to Mr. Stephen Manga for joining us this evening. Uh, thanks also to Jed over here working the sound on this entire tour for, for no credit and very little money. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's all from us at Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. Thank you so much, and good night. <laughs> Yeah, we can. Yeah, have yeah. chocolate. <laughs> So there we have it, the final episode of the series and of the year for Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge Fan Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, uh, and uh, to those of you that joined us live on tour, thanks so much for coming out and buying a ticket. We really appreciate it. You can get in touch with us, obviously, thepartridgepod at gmail.com is the email. Uh, On Twitter, we're at thepartridgepod, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod, or on Instagram, it's at monkeytennispod. We will, of course, be back in the new year. You may have heard there's a rumour going around there's some brand new Partridge on the way. I'm kidding. It's not a rumour. It's definitely happening, and we'll be there to cover it as this time with Alan Partridge hits the BBC in 2019. Until then, festive greetings, have wonderful holidays, and uh, we will speak to you again next year. Thanks and goodbye.
7: Not,
5: not the Monkey tennis? No?
2: Sorry, Sorry, sorry Monkey tennis? This is Midmore Mat. Let's do slap hands. Idiotic broth. Monkey tennis? Please! Please, though! Pop, 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 Monkey tennis? You need to press transfer. Uh, I like it. It's a clean kill. Monkey tennis? Well, that, that, will, that, that, will, that, will, that will do that, definitely. Yeah. OK, does Mummy know you do this? The time is ten and a half o'clock. What a Dilbert. Monkey tennis? And I know it won't smash, Lynn. Just wrap it in bubble wrap.